0: Hi guys, it's Baby Peach, and we're back again with episode 32 of Higarashi. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. I just okay. We will maybe finish chapter 1 in this episode. We'll see. Don't worry. I already have chapters 2 three, maybe four on Steam, so we're set for a while, guys. I gotcha. Okay, I swatted down for a bit. When I came back to my senses, my entire room had changed drastically. The numbness in my head was gone and slowly I could tell blood was flowing to my extremities again. How long had I been squatting here? How many minutes? Or has it been hours? It was almost as if the hands on the clock had stopped moving the entire time my eyes were closed. That's how little time had passed. Really? The air in the room wasn't filled with that madness from before, only a dull silence. Raina wasn't there pinning my arms, and Mian wasn't there, about to inject me with a needle. No way. Could it be? All of it? Was a hallucination? There was no other presence in the room besides my own. It was the weirdest experience I've ever had. I was certainly with Reyna and Mion. I doubted my sanity for a moment, but I was also seized with a sort of comfort. (laughs) I guess that terrible ordeal was a hallucination. Neither Reyna nor Mion. They wouldn't ever do something so terrible. My head grew hot. I could tell my emotions were welling up why that wasn't a reason to cry why it was sorrow why was i sad i don't understand i don't understand kind to everyone not discriminating against age or gender Meon that Mion was sprawled by the window in an unnatural pose blood strained stained her a deep red from her head down to her chest. The bright crimson smeared on the walls, that splatter had undoubtedly came from Mion. She always had that bright smile and was kind to me from the day I transferred, Raina. That same Raina was slumped at my feet and was making the same pool of blood as Meon. I couldn't comprehend what had happened. Did someone come to save me? Then they beat those two down. With this metal bat. I finally noticed the weight in my right hand. How long had it been there? It was Satoshi's metal bat. It was covered in a deep red. There was no doubt that this was the weapon used to mutilate both of them. And I was holding that weapon. I was the only person in the house. What? I? Looking at this subjectively, I couldn't think of anyone other than myself who could have done it. I did this? That's right. K.T. Mabara. Of course I did it. I told myself gently, as if coaxing myself. Hey, me, There is no reason for you to remember it, nor is there a need to regret it. Eat or be eaten. You get that, don't you? But the blood blood there's so much either Raina nor me had moved an inch it wasn't just a split forehead and a trickle of blood nothing that simple the entire room was splattered with forehead and that told me it didn't end with just two or three sh- three strikes were they dead both of them the depths of my mind were calm but on the surface i was panicking and agitated calm down KG Myvara, what happened to your usual calm self come on now Do like you always do. Throw your head back and take a deep breath. Come on. Once. Twice. Breathe deeply. Calm down. Calm down. I chanted that over and over in my head and relaxed. Color came back to my vision and smells re-infused the air. At the same time, I remembered what happened when I blacked out. Reina and Mion had attacked me. They were about to inject me with whatever had caused the same symptoms as Tomotaki-san, but right before that happened, I fought back. I twisted my whole body and threw Reina as she was pinning my arms. Then I followed through with my spin and ran my foot as hard as I could into Mion's torso. It was soft. Raina tried jumping on me, so I tackled her as hard as I could and slammed her against the wall. I didn't let that brief moment of having the mock balance slip by. Satoshi's bat that was left carelessly by the side of my desk. Beep. At that moment, everything went pitch black. There was nothing recorded past this point in the videotape of my mind. No, that wasn't right. It wasn't that there was nothing recorded. It was recorded just fine. Just the other me, inside myself, had told me not to look and had turned off the TV. Just because the screen had gone black and I couldn't see it. Didn't mean that the videotape within me hadn't recorded it. The TV was just off. The video was still playing. The tape was in me, creaking along, still playing. On the other end of that pitch black screen, that horrifying video was still playing on. Compared to this, though. This, the scene right before my eyes, was still so difficult to take in. There was blood splattered everywhere on the walls, and the two of them in these unnatural poses. Not a sign of movement from them. I couldn't tell if what they were breathing. No matter what the circumstances were, my friends, these girls, i had I had attacked them. I may have even killed them. But if I hadn't done this, I would have been the one done for. Balancing that out on an imaginary scale, it felt odd that I'd even feel bad about it. Even if it was a bit excessive, this was justifiable self-defense. The proof was all there. The two of them collapsed here in me syringe. Me syringe, full of some unknown drug, would certainly solve the mystery surrounding the incident with Toataki-san. And from the fact that both of these two were involved, they'd be able to pick out the criminals one after the other. Still, I might be suspected for this, but that was just fine. Anyway, now, this should be a police affair. This wouldn't fade into the darkness like Raina's past incidents. As long as the police were involved, that should bring justice to- This should bring this to a close. They'll probably revisit their investigation on the chain of incidents. Oishi-san would definitely get to the bottom of it. Meaning, my wish. Of not wanting to die, of wanting to know the truth, that would be fulfilled in its most basic form. It was all a matter of time now. The doctor Mayna called should be getting here soon. I'll confess everything to him. I needed to contact Oishi san. At that moment, I remembered. Besides the doctor, a manager had been called. It was easy to imagine that they were someone deeply involved with the incidents, judging from Rain and Mion's conversation. The ache in my chest caused by the gruesome deed, I'm done, dissipated rapidly. I was not over yet. This place was no longer safe. Stay calm, Kechi Maibara. It's not over yet. I needed to live long enough to tell the police of this incident. At that moment I felt like I heard someone's voice from outside since people were speaking it must mean there was more than one person I moved the curtain ever so slightly and peered outside it was a bizarre sight about four or five grown men were all gathered at the gate they very much resembled the two men who had assaulted me at the dam site that at the dam site today those two might even be among them there was one person there wearing a white coat, but he didn't look like the doctor at all. My gut told me he was in disguise, only poisoning as a doctor. That guy would probably ring the bell and get me to open the front door. Pretend to be a doctor to get me to open the door, and then the rest would be all in at once. At that moment, I saw the car parked behind the men, and my heart nearly skipped a beat. The white man... No mistaking it. That van, the one that had tried to run me down? The man in the white coat entered the gate and headed towards the front door. The rest of the men hid in the bushes and watched him. I probably couldn't pretend that I wasn't home. Undoubtedly, they just break the window and enter. I needed to get out of here somehow, then use a public phone to contact Oishi-san. then meet up somewhere. First of all, I need a weapon, then shoes. But before all that, there was one thing that I had to do. I had no intention of dying. I'd live and reveal the truth about this nonsensical curse of Oyoshiro-sama. But what happened from here on, regardless of how determined I was, may bring about my demise. And that was why. There was one thing more important than getting out of here right now. I need to get that clock out quickly and take down the note hidden behind it. Damn it! That tape was sticking to it fast. It'd be fine if it was torn a little. I opened up a slightly torn note and began writing another passage with a ballpoint pen. If I wasn't able to inform Oishi-san, then the only thing I could rely on was this note. I'd never thought a torn piece of that a piece of torn college rolled notebook paper could be this reliable before. I had no time. I'd only write what I knew right now. I needed to leave some sort of information that would lead Linda to uncover the truth. Rhina and me on, conspirators of the perpetrators. This was an undeniable fact. I said I want to believe it, but it was a fact. Anyway, I'd leave all the information that would help lead them to finding the perpetrators. There were four or five adults, maybe more. They had a white van. This was everything I was able to see from the window. There may be more. Also, there was an undeniable unidentified person known as the manager. To begin with, the term manager didn't even mesh with saw at all. If they were going to include the managers from the past incidents, then the only one is the construction foreman, the victim from the first murder, the very first victim in the chain of incidents, killed in a lynching, his body divided into six pieces. His right arm was never discovered. The police should have confirmed that death, but Raina and Mion did both call him manager. They said manager. They wouldn't use the term to refer to someone who is dead. The police would never even convince that someone who was deceased should be involved. Could that be some sort of oversight? I didn't know. But even if I didn't know, it could be a big hint for Oishi-san. That's right, they needed to start fresh from the first incident. It wasn't just a simple dismemberment, but the start of a string of mysterious deaths that would follow. So then, there must be something hidden there. Please reinvestigate the victim from the dismemberment incident. He's alive. His death should be have been established after an autopsy. Logically, you would think as much. But was that really the case? Could it have been some sort of ploy that they were able to deceive the police with? I shouldn't jump to conclusions, but he may still be alive. I had no time to ponder that right now. Oh yeah, there's something even more important I needed to write. Tomotaki-san's death was from an unknown drug. That's right. That drug. It was an irreplaceable piece of evidence. No doubt, just by having this, everything would be uncovered. I couldn't just leave the vital clue lying on the floor. The syringe is proof. Writing that down, I stuck the syringe on the back of the clock with plenty of tape so it absolutely would not slip out and fall to the floor. Firmly, firmly. Ding dong. The bell rang. They were here. I couldn't write anymore. But even still, there was one last thing that I had to write. I have no idea why it has become like this. This may be the closest thing to the truth out of everything I wrote on this note. If you are reading this, then I am probably already dead, though you may or may not find my body. If I was going to write out everything, that could happen, either dying from this curse or being demoned away. You who are reading this, please uncover the truth. That is my only desire. With this, my last will and testament was complete. It wasn't certain that I was going to die, but it was my final plea, just in case. I folded the note, stuck it back onto the back of the clock, and returned the clock back to its usual spot. I couldn't help but pray. Oishi-san, if something happens to me, I leave the rest to you. After that, I gazed down silently at Reina and Mion. This was probably the last time we'd ever see each other, Reina Mion. I really had thought all of us were friends. But why did it end up like this? I never had any fun in my previous school. I only worried about standardized test scores, about if the school I hoped to get into was where I really wanted to go or a safety net. That was all I talked about. It was a dull life. People I called friends were also my rivals in studying and competitions and personal records and standardized test scores. Everyone here taught me how unhealthy that lifestyle was. This month was really fun. Making a fuss over lunch, making a fuss over a club, making a fuss over the festival. Something hot began dripping out from my face. Uncontrollable tears. I should have had no obligation to shed tears for them, but they wouldn't stop. Even if they were after my life. Even if they were trying to kill me. Everything that happened this month, I wouldn't forget it. Or could it be those happy days for all a facade as well? Was it all a trap meticulously orchestrated up until today to ensnare me? Could it have been that I had just arbitrarily assumed that they were all my friends? That couldn't have been the case. Both Reina and Mion, they really were my friends. Those happy days, those were nothing fake or unclear about them. Prob- Someone probably forced them to try to kill me. Where their minds were taken over, possessed by a supernatural entity known as Oyashiro Osama. Regardless, both Reina and Mion, they were best, the best friends ever. And when they were coming after me, it wasn't of their own violation. Wait. They weren't the kind of people to sell off their friends, regardless of whether or not they were forced. There's no way such a thing like being possessed by Oyesha Osama could happen in reality. Then did the real Reina and Mion come after me? What was I thinking? What a silly dumb idea. Having beaten down both Reina and Mion, I was still debating if they were the real ones or fakes. There was no real or fake, only the reality that was before me. Raina and Mion were sprawled out at my feet. That was the only truth. I was only trying. Trying to twist the facts to my benefit that I had beaten my friends to death. No matter how I spun it, it wouldn't change reality. Raina and Mion were both dead. It felt like there was a crack in the dam of strange emotions I was holding back. It felt like my calm state, which was nothing more than a bluff, had receded. And in that opening, insanity was leaking out. I killed them. I killed them. Raina and Mion. I killed them. The doorbell rang again. The unrelenting echo pulled me back into a state of composure once again. I didn't have a moment to spare. Quickly, I needed to get away. I didn't want to die. I would uncover everything after that. The identity of whoever or whatever had pushed me this far. Even if I had to drink mud and eat grass, I would survive. I would survive. I would definitely survive. I killed Reyna for that very reason. I also killed Mion. I went that far just to keep living, so I can't die. For my sake and for the sake of the late Reyna and Mion, I have to survive. I ran towards the door and grabbed my shoes. The doorbell rang again as if to urge on. Behind the single, solitary door, they were there. Keeping quiet, I headed towards the kitchen. Headed towards the back door. Before opening the back door, I put my ear to it and checked for people outside. No one? After I put on my shoes, I opened the door slowly, so as if not to make a sound. There he is, the back door. A piercing voice echoed out. That voice stabbed through me, setting my hair on end. I had to run. Get out of here, Katie. One after the other, I felt stuff like rationale and intelligence, those things you use when you have time to spare, spill out of me. I didn't feel any pain from the branches scratching my arms and forehead, my uh, autonomia pulsing heart also felt neither fatigue nor pain my entire being just wished to live there was nothing else it desired it probably had no complaints whatsoever so of course I wouldn't feel fatigue I just ran just recklessly rushing in the direction I was already heading even if nobody was chasing after me I'd still be running like this there wasn't a thought in my mind about where I was headed. Turning around, I felt a presence right next to me. And that presence was, without a doubt, chasing me like a shadow. If I took even one misstep, I would be devoured. That's what I thought. So I didn't turn around. I didn't stop. I ran at full speed. <laughs> And that was the tripping of the Higurashi telling me it was evening, trying to tell me something, and then I finally heard it. The wailing cry of the victims who didn't make it. Would I be joining them? Only the Higurashi knew. They knew everything. They definitely knew. So I ran towards where I could hear more of the Higurashi's chirps. But the farther I ran, the farther away their chirping became. I couldn't get near them. Why are you all running away? Was it my fault? Was I the one to blame? Then I'll apologize. I'm sorry. 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 I felt that only the Higurashi knew. We're actually going to end this episode here, I think, and we'll finish the next one in the next episode. See you then. Bye.